Welcome to Mysterious Goings On, the podcast about creativity, writing, and mystery. Every week, we talk about all kinds of great fiction and meet the people who write it. We also feature explorations about creativity in all walks of life. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will join you right after this. Okay, this is no joke, folks. I'm literally today, it's a Thursday, okay, in October. I'm smoking a pork butt. No, I seriously am. I mean, and the smell is driving me nuts. I got up at five today. It's been on all day. Um, it's something I learned when I moved to Kansas City over 15 years ago. Over the years, I've learned about barbecue, right? And I assume that a lot of you, when you think of barbecue, you think of my barbecue. No, you don't. You do not think of my barbecue, but you think of Kansas City, you think of barbecue. Am I right? Well, I got some news for you. It's beyond barbecue in Kansas City. And if you don't believe me, you're going to love meeting our guest today. He's Matt Stewart, and he has written a book about unique eats and eateries in Kansas City. And I'm going to tell you something. It's a great book. It's it's like a book I'm going to like carry with me in the car. And when I'm traveling around town looking for a place to eat, I'm going to be like, yep, been there, done that, um, or it'll introduce me to some new stuff. So uh, Matt is is a guy I've known of for years. We've crossed paths for many years. I'm a PR guy by day. He is a news reporter and anchor by day. He's got a lot going on. Everybody knows this guy's face. He also happens to be, by reputation, sorry, Matt, one of the nicest guys in the business. I hear that everywhere I go. And it's just a delight to have you here on Mysterious Goings On. Welcome, Matt Stewart. Alex, thank you so much for having me. You are too kind. I think you might be the nicest guy I've ever known too <laughs> with that introduction. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, that's that's what makes me not such a great PR guy. I can tell you right now. Um, Matt Stewart, you're at, you're at Fox 4, just for Kansas City folks, they'll know that. But folks out there, you've been in the news biz just about two decades by now? Yeah, 25 years, believe it or not. I am 47 years old. Getting up there. Okay, and by the way, I used to be kind of like I'm, I'm i was never as good looking as matt listeners but i was always the very youthful guy and they nobody ever believed you know i was the age i was yeah you, you look great man keep it up thank whatever you. you're thank doing you. keep it up, keep it up. <laughs> let's talk about food in kansas city you have written other works and we'll get into that in a minute but why food why a book about food well i'll tell you what having spent 18 years in kansas city you know first at channel five and now at channel four I've done a lot of interviews with chefs. I've been to a lot of restaurants. I've done a lot of stories on these things. And so it was a situation where about a year and a half ago, uh, Reedy Press out of St. Louis, they actually approached me and said, hey, Matt, uh, we understand that you're an author uh, as well as a TV reporter. Uh, we have a series of books, of different series that we do, you know, stuff like 100 Things to Do Before You Die in Kansas City, that kind of stuff. And he's like, hey, we're interested in having you write for us. Uh, just take a look at the series, see if there's anything that interests you. And I saw this unique eats and eateries of whatever the city is uh, series that I was like, oh my gosh, that's right down my alley. I know so much about the restaurants. I know so much about the chefs. This will be easy. Now, of course, that's my naivety speaking through, you know, because it's never easy to write a book. No. But it, at least I had kind of that jumping off point where, you know, I knew enough about the restaurants and the good ones and the, the unique ones, the ones that had an interesting story. And that's really what I based it on. It wasn't on, you know, what's the best tasting food in Kansas City? It's not about recipes. It's about history. It's about the story. It's about, you know, who are these people that brought this 
barbecue or brought this Italian or brought this whatever restaurant to Kansas City? Why did they come here? How have they been able to stay in business decades upon decades, family members after family members, just passing it down through the generations? That's what interested me. And especially because when you go out to eat, you don't think about those things, right? You're thinking, oh, I'll take a number two, you know, with a <laughs> side of fries. But, but, but how did the food get there? And so right. now with this book, like you said, taking it with you everywhere you go, you just leave it in the car. And then the next time you go to a restaurant that's in the book, you read the history and then you better appreciate the people making that food for you. You know, too, I'm familiar with with 3D Publishing and their books, but this one has, besides the fact that they snagged you as an author, it's the first one that's in full color. Yes. Oh my gosh. It makes such a difference. I remember when I was looking at some of their unique eats and eateries that they've already published. And I thought I was like black and white pictures, like with food, like it just, it doesn't translate, you know? And so I was kind of expecting the black and white treatment as well. And then (laughs) they sent me the proof and I saw all the pictures were in color and I'm like, am I seeing things? And they're like, no, we're transitioning to full color. You're the first book to do it. And it is gorgeous. I mean, yep. you've seen the book. It's it's yep. just it's just gorgeous. That the color just pops, and you you can, it feels like you're you can taste the food. You can smell it versus just that black and white, you know, two D kind of pictures that you get. It, it makes all the difference, you know. It's like uh, kids today; they don't want to watch old black and white movies, and I dare <laughs> right. say people don't want to as much read, you know, books that are black and white, unless it's a book of black and white photography or something. But right. but Matt, um, so when you got this contract. Um, how did you, what was your process? How did you decide? I mean, there's, there's what, how many in here? Uh, 80 something? 86, or yeah, 86. 86. How did you decide which ones? 286 oh, from your list. I know, I know. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, no, that's good play on words. Uh, it Thank is you. so hard uh, to choose because you know that people are going to look at this book and say, wait a minute, you didn't include this. You didn't include that. So the first thing I had to do was I had to define unique, right? Mm. Because again, it's not about the best restaurants or the best tasting restaurants. It's about what in your story makes you interesting? Hmm. And so that was my first thing was trying to find the most unique. And so of course you, you look at the history, you know, you've got your Arthur Bryant's and your Gates, you've got your Dixon's Chili's, uh, you've got all those uh, restaurants that have been around for decades. Um, but then you've got some of these newer ones that are trying to, you know, make a foothold uh, that have a unique story too, like the Golden Scoop out of Overland Park. If you've heard of that, you know, they only hire people with special needs right? to work for them. Like how unique is that? They make the ice cream, they serve the coffee. What a great program, what a great business model. And why not showcase them in this book? You know, why they should be one of the 86 most unique restaurants in Kansas City. Absolutely, and I, I'm looking through, you know, and I actually counted, I've been to 47. Oh, that's impressive. Well, nice. I have a prodigious belly to show for it. But, I'll t- <laughs> I'll t- but you know what? That's what I loved about it, though, is when I first got the book, I thought, huh, am I going to get this? And it's just going to be kind of the, you know, the, the creme de la creme. But that's what I did. So I loved it. Not that these aren't the creme de la creme. I just saying that what I love, though, is like you said, there's other things that factor in besides is this the most incredible menu ever, you know, or has Tony Bourdain eaten there or, you know, that kind of <laughs> right. thing. It's, it's, it's a different deal. So here's the thing. I guess it might, and this, and I, I'm going to make a, a, a supposition here, and my naivety may be showing. Uh, I suspect it was easier for you to get your foot in the door to talk to a lot of these restaurateurs than it might have been others because you're a known celebrity person here in town. Or was it difficult to get people to let you come in and actually photograph and, and write about them? It just depended on the restaurant. There were a couple of restaurants that I reached out to that just didn't get back to me. So they're not in the book. Wow. You know? Well, it's, it's hard because a lot of times it comes across as a salesy pitch. 
I would mm. typically put in the in the title of my email, you know, Fox 4 reporter request, thinking uh, that'll get your attention at least. Oh, a Fox 4 reporter, what's going on? And then they'd be like, hey, I'm writing a book. Okay. And then maybe they would just ignore it or they wouldn't get back to me. Right, right. But for the most part, once I got their attention and explained what I was doing and how you know, one person was like, uh, how much is it going to cost to be in this book? I'm like, it, it costs you nothing. I am giving you free publicity here. Like, I want to showcase you. I want to encourage people here in Kansas City to eat local. I want to get them at your restaurant. Like, let me help you, you know? Yeah, help yeah. me help you. Help you. <laughs> and so I think once they found out what I was doing, they got really excited. And now that the book is out and they're seeing it, I think they're even more excited. They're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This isn't even what I expected. Oh, absolutely. It, it, you know, and of course, PR guy here, like if that had been one of my clients, I said, oh, that Matt Stewart guy emailed me. I didn't even think about it. I would have been like, oh, you're kidding me. You know, this is <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> tremendous exposure. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I mean, I'm seeing every, you know, Axwa, which is a French bistro, Spin Pizza, Christine's Firehouse, which I have not been to, I have not been to that one. Um, Silas and Maddie's Homemade Ice Cream. Um Iron District, which I go to Iron District a lot, Matt. It's it, folks. If you don't know, Iron District is this cool area in North Kansas City, and it's shipping containers converted into little. I would not call them. They're not restaurants in the sense. They're more like food trucks without wheels, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. They, like they put the 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 oven and the stove and the the you know fryer in there, and they make the food in there. But you're right. You don't you don't go into those steel containers and eat. You just no. serve the food from them. But they've got like a little common area with picnic tables. A buddy of mine, uh, the Flatwater Duo band, they go out and play there a lot. They have a little tiki bar there, which I love because I'm a kind of a tiki nerd. <laughs> it's it's a great place. And I mean, you, you've got everything. Jay Rieger and company, all this stuff, you know, and it's that's interesting too. It's because I don't think people think of Jay Rieger about food, you know, they think yeah. about, but there's all this stuff. But was there, was there something though that, and you said you've been in Kansas City for how long? 18 years. 18 years. Okay, just a little longer than me. Okay. Um, was there something you discovered in your research for the book and your writing of the book about Kansas City food that just maybe a preconception that you got blown away or, or was it all pretty much what you expected? You know, it was all pretty much what I expected. Um, I think if there was anything that surprised me, it's how many restaurants claim that, you know, President Harry Truman ate there. <laughs> you know? I was like, wow, he, he, he got around. He ate at a lot of restaurants in Kansas City. You know, that's a really good question. I don't, I try to think about, was I surprised by anything? It was more just digging into the history and learning things I didn't know before that mm. was really enjoyable for me. You mentioned Jay Rieger, you know, and just thinking about how this distillery that used to be in the West Bottoms in the late 1800s is now in the old Heim Brewery, which was one of the largest breweries in the late 1800s, right before Prohibition. Right. And the fact that the great, 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 great grandson of Jacob Rieger brought back the recipe of the whiskey with the sherry in it and has just spent millions of dollars to renovate this brewery to make it one of the most fun places to go. But it's in the middle of the East Bottoms and like hardly anyone has ever been there. And I'm like, guys, you've got to go. This is such a fun place, just so full of history. And the bourbon's pretty good too, I must admit. But I, you know, it's fun. That cherry cask bourbon, I, uh, that whiskey yeah. they do, it's so, I, mm, it's, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, dangerous. I have, I have to, yeah, it is dangerous. It really is. My wife's like, we just bought this a week ago. I'm like, I, the, the whiskey yeah, fairies. Yeah, the whiskey fairy got it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, speaking of fun, though, and I, oh, I hope I'm getting this right. The ship is covered in here, is it not? 
Yes. Yeah, I ship. love, the, the you know, Matt, you just talked about the West Bottoms. The ship is, and pardon the pun, I'm sure they use it, it's a dive bar yeah. with good pub grub, good bar food, and a weird kind of fun atmosphere. And I love that kind of thing. And um, did you, um, did going into places like that kind of whet your appetite for like, okay, I've been to like a place like the ship and I've been to like a lot of kind of divey places. And I'm really looking forward to just a straight up barbecue joint. Ne you know, next time I go somewhere, or was it, or was, you know, was every day just a new experience and you were just like, I'm going to take it as it comes. You know what? You're, you're exactly right on the ladder. Every day was a new experience and I take it as it comes and see, that's what I do every day at Fox four, right? right? I go in the morning. I have really have no clue as to what story I'm going to be doing. We start talking, hey, what's making news? Okay, Matt, you're gonna do this. Okay, I need to become an expert on this topic in the next hour, because I'm going live. Right. And so you just do your research and then you go live with it. And then the day's over. And that's part of what I love about my job is not knowing what that story is gonna be. That's the challenge. Yeah. And I found that myself with this book, you know, especially like, you know, there's about 40 restaurants that are guaranteed to be in there, right? You're gonna have the Golden Ox, you're gonna have yeah. Arthur Bryant's, you're gonna have those. I mean, but then now it's like, okay, I have 40 more unique restaurants to find and then just kind of exploring, let's try the ship. You know, I didn't really know about the ship and I just went down to the West Bottoms and I wasn't sure if it was going to be in the book. And then I walk in and I'm like, oh, you're definitely in the book. <laughs> yeah. This is so cool. You know, and no one knows about it. And so that, and, and there were times where I'd go to a restaurant and be like, yeah, no, you didn't make the cut. And then I would mm -hmm. just walk out. Yeah. So it was kind of that exploring was a lot of fun, just trying to decide what should go in and what shouldn't. Can I ask you a little bit about writing, though? Uh, you have not only written this wonderful latest book, you have written a children's or young adult book, right, uh, called uh, Trip in Time. Is that right? Yeah, it, it's a sci-fi adventure. I mean, it's it's kind of YA, but for adults as well, for sure. Okay, yeah, cool. So you've written that. And then you wrote, basically, is it a memoir about your time at Northwestern on the two-time national championship team? The Big Ten. Don't Big give us ten. too much credit. Big oh, not national. Sorry. Big Ten. That's right. <laughs> I would love it if we'd been national. <laughs> well, Big oh. Ten's pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. that's It's fun to share that story with people because it surprises them. They they have no clue that I played Division One football, that I walked on, that I earned a full ride scholarship, and that the school I went to at the time was the worst team in the Big mm -hmm. Ten. One of the worst teams. In, think of KU, how mm -hmm. bad they've been up until this year. Yeah. And that was Northwestern. Like, no one went to the games. The stands were empty. The students, they didn't even go to the games. They would tailgate and then go back to campus <laughs> to watch the game because we were so bad. And I just happened to show up at a time where we had Gary Barnett was our new coach and he had a vision and he just really had this relentless expect victory attitude and he was not going to settle for less. And I got caught up in that with the rest of my teammates. And yeah, so my freshman year, we win two games. My sophomore year, we win three games. But then my junior year, we win 10 games. We play in the Rose Bowl. And then my senior year, we win nine games. And we play in the Citrus Bowl against Peyton Manning in Tennessee. Holy cow. You know? And then you look at me, and I just, I walked on. I'd never been to Northwestern. The coaches didn't know my name, uh, didn't know who I was. And I just worked my butt off uh, because I believed in myself and thought, I can do better. And sophomore year, I was second string free safety. I get a full ride scholarship. I'd never started, unfortunately. I was I always wanted to start. I was second string safety my entire career, but I did play special teams. So I played every single game for three straight years. Nice. And was a contributor. You know, I mean, it's a team. I wasn't right. you know, the star running back, but whatever, it's fine. It, it takes a team. 
and made some great memories and was able to really help this team turn around and like you said win two big 10 championships it was really cool yeah, and it might as well have been a national championship in your hearts. I mean, uh, yeah. one of my my college, my undergrad roommate went to Northwestern for grad school, and he was there right about this time. Okay. And, you know, it, well, I think he there was there and like, the, it was like set this bar very high. Because uh, after that, he would say every year, well, we got Rose Bowl fever on the first game of the year. And it was like, <laughs> you know, it didn't go. But but it was great. And um, it's, it's quite a story. And I love that. Um, that thought about how you believed in yourself and your confidence and and it paid off. And I I want to get into that more in just a moment, but another book you wrote, the man from K N E W Bell's new news. Um, Is this, is this kind of a soap dishy kind of fun, wacky look behind the scenes at, at uh, at places you've worked or, or no? Oh, a hundred percent. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, as well as I do, Alex, that if you want to be a real successful writer, you need to write about what you know. Yeah. Right. So if I start writing about some doctor in surgery, it's not going to be very good because I don't know anything about <laughs> doctors and surgery, but I know about TV right. news. Right. And, you know, I have run across so many quirky people, just strange. We, the TV business <laughs> with very egocentric, uh, you know, jerks. Let's put it that way. <laughs> There's a lot of them. And so, uh, yeah, I do stereotype a little bit to the extreme in this book, and it is a fiction murder mystery, and it's in a fictional TV station, KNEW, but, you know, I think it was just fun for me to kind of go back in time and find those weird people I've worked with and just kind of create these fun characters, and it's just kind of a comedic behind the scenes, and there's a lot of stuff in this book that's true. For instance, I have a scene where it's a boring day, and they find out there's a murder, and everyone's like cheering and clapping. That has really happened in a newsroom, yeah. as disgusting as it is. Yeah. I, I was not cheering, let me say that. Yeah. There was a lot of excitement, like, oh my gosh, finally, it was such a boring day and we have a murder, let's go. And yeah. I, I remember sitting there going, seriously, like, we should not be cheering someone's no. death. But, no. it, you know, those are the things that happen in, in different professions. And it, in my profession, I thought it'd be fun to kind of, you know, make fun of them a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know, I, well, I started my career in journalism. I was a reporter and I was at the Tulsa World when I, <clears throat> near when I first started. And I'll, I'll never forget um, somebody, a prominent person in town had taken his own life and they wanted me to call his spouse and get a comment. And I was just like, well, how do you think she feels? Why? Do, but I mean, I had to do it. And I felt like the the biggest heel who ever lived, you know? And I know that goes with the territory. I, I know if, I mean, man, if, come on. I mean, I, I get your point with that anecdote, but I mean, if you roll up on a very serious saying that all too often we have shootings and horrible things. You're going to ask people that question more or less, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I've knocked on many of victims' families' door. I mean, so many. I've had doors slammed in my face. I've had mothers cry and hug me. Oh. The way I see it from my perspective as a journalist, because people get really mad at us, right? They're like, oh my gosh, you're just, you know, why are you bothering them? Why are you knocking on the door? The way I see it is this. I'm sorry your son or daughter died. I really am. It sucks. And you're in a terrible place right now but I am offering you an opportunity to control the narrative and to share what you loved about them with the entire city. Everyone's watching today. Tomorrow, we're on to the next murder or the next right. death. Today's your day. And if you don't want to, I 100% respect it. I'm not mad. You know, people who slam the door and cuss at me, I, I, I don't get mad at them. I don't scream back. I say, I am sorry for your loss and I walk away. But I am there, I'm a conduit. I'm an outlet, uh, you know, I'm an outlet for them if they want to take advantage of them, and some of them do, yeah. some of them don't. Uh, I just want to make sure that their life is represented the best I can during that newscast. 
So yeah. that's kind of how I've, I've always. Well, you know, a hundred percent. And when I advise crisis uh, clients or people, uh, clients who get involved in something where the price is coming, their their first, if especially if they're just really wrung out, they just don't want to. And I'm like, I love what you just said because it's so true. I said, but this is your opportunity to put, I don't say put your spin on, but as you said, at least to try to control the narrative or at least inject your perspective into the narrative, into the message. And then, you know, okay, I'm letting some secret sauce go here to a reporter, but oftentimes too, in minor crises, I just tell people the news cycle moves so darn quickly. If you will give them something, they may just leave you be and move on to the next thing. And that's not anything against your profession, okay? I just, but I'm just trying to advise people. It's, it's, it is the way it is, right? you know, I mean, when I was first started 30 something years ago, the news cycle was, it could be a week. What's the news cycle now, do you think? How many oh hours? Gosh. Yeah. I mean, with social media and everything, I mean, half a day, half hours. a day. Yeah. Just no, depending no, on the, the degree of what it is too, you know, right. but, but anyway, but anyway, um, uh, so, you know, man, I, I, I will circle back around the book here, but I just wanted to say uh, and ask you, uh, uh, I know you've had some serious trepid, uh, not trepidation, but serious trouble going on uh, health-wise in your family with your wife, with Chrissy. I, is it okay if I ask just how's she doing? You know what? Uh, she had her final chemo yesterday. She rang the bell. She's done. She had 26 treatments over a full year. So once wow. every two weeks. Uh, no, it's been, it's been hard. I mean, if you can imagine your loved one, your spouse, you know, coming down with this rare aggressive cancer with no cure, uh, they don't really know how to treat it. They're just throwing darts and hoping that something sticks. Uh, fortunately, you know, the treatment they prescribed for her, it's been working. Uh, there's no sign that there's cancer within her. Um, but it's scary because it's that type of cancer that can just show up again at a moment's notice. And then what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? So we're just taking the small victories when they come. And, and this is a small victory. You know, she's done with chemo. Uh, she's feeling really sick right now. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. upstairs watching television as I talk to you. And uh, she'll probably call me for a LaCroix here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so I will gladly run up to her. Right. Um, but, you know, once she gets through this, like a little sick patch of the final chemo, you know, she's really looking forward to kind of reclaiming her life back. And we've been traveling a lot and doing a lot of things because, you know, we, we can't wait. We can't wait for the kids to get out of the house for us to do these things because it's not guaranteed now with this cancer right. diagnosis. So we're just doing what we can to enjoy life each and every day. Well, I'm so, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that she's today got through that, that rough patch there and she'll rest up and maybe you guys can have a little fun in the coming weeks here. Uh, yeah. I bring that up too, folks. When you go to mattstewartbooks.com, He's got a great online shop. He really does where you can get this book. And we'll talk about that in a moment, but you can also get a Stuart Strong, hashtag Stuart Strong t-shirt. Uh, obviously the, those funds obviously go to help support uh, Matt and his family. I hope you'll you'll go look at that. There's also some very cool, and while you're there, it's almost the holidays. What are we talking about here? You can't just get the Stuart Strong shirt. You've got to get the, the very cool, and I hope my wife's not listening. She might get this for, for Christmas. The KC Foodie shirts, which are so cool. There's like, there's, there's, just go look at them. I can't describe them adequately. And, you know, I won't ask Matt to, because he's, he's going to start blushing, <laughs> but they look great. And I think your wife had some input in these is right, uh, right? How they look. And Yeah. I mean, well, it was a situation where when the book's coming out and, and Chrissy's getting really excited and she's like, hey, let's make a a restaurant checklist bookmark that we can give with the book when they buy it from you. And it's got a list of every restaurant and people can check it off. I'm like, great. And then she's like, let's make Kansas City Foodie t-shirts. And I'm like, okay. And then she's like, let's make Kansas City Foodie stickers. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Now, now we have our own store. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an author to owning a, a, an online store. But you know what? 
I same here. We've got to you got to create merch, right? I mean, you know, yeah. it helps. But you've also got badass warrior queen. I've got a good idea who that's about. Right. Those are great. Um, yeah. So it's at the shop. It's at mattstewartbooks.com. There's going to be a link in the show notes at mgopod.com or in your show notes where you get this show. But as we're starting to wrap up here, I just want to say that if you're going to get this book and you're going to get this book, because not only do you need this, <laughs> you need this book for holiday gifts. Here's the deal. You know, my in-laws live here in town. They're in their 70s. They look, what do you get people? I don't mean to sound weird, but what do you get people in their 70s? The last thing they need is another dust collector. They like to go out and eat, right? So why not get them this book? Or what about somebody who's just moving to town? In fact, I think every HR director in Kansas City who is moving people into town, they need to put this book in the welcome kit (laughs) for everybody. How am I doing, Matt? We good on that? Does that sound like a good idea? You're hired. All right, very good. Yeah. No, Sorry, Rob. So, you know, what's funny is that I actually just reached out to this realtors group because I'm, I'm, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, people move to town and they have no clue where to go out to eat. Uh, every time I've had a book signing and I've got a bunch, you find on my website, uh, as you mentioned, mattstewartbooks.com, but I have a ton of book signings coming up yep. and at every single one, it never fails. Someone will come up and they'll buy a book and then they'll come up and they'll buy like two or three more. So like, okay, this is a great gift for this person, this person, this person. Cause you're right. Like we, we like, bang our head against the wall. What, what can I get this person this year that I haven't gotten them before? And this is just so unique and people who love to go out to eat and love Kansas City restaurants. It's just a lot of fun for them to check off the checklist and go check out these new eateries that they've never tried before, never yeah. even knew existed. It's, it's a, it, guys, uh, and I'm saying guys now, gentlemen, guys, if you're as unimaginative as I am when it comes to gift giving, <laughs> here you go. They're going to love you for it. And you know what you can do? Throw in a gift card to one of these restaurants. This is my favorite, but I'd love to know what yours is. That's so a great idea. Well, you know, I'm full of great ideas or as Rob, your PR guy would say full of it, but that's okay. <laughs> I know what I'm getting my wife for Christmas now. Oh yeah. Oh, there you my go. book. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I'm not going to ask you to answer these. I'm just going to tease people. You get this book. You're going to find out what a writer for Playboy called the steak at Jess and Jim's. You're going to find uh, out about how the burnt ends used to be given for free at Arthur Bryant's. You're going to hear about the oldest Irish business in America, which is right here in Kansas City. You're going to he mentioned the golden scoop. You're going to learn about that. Um, you're also going to learn this is cool. This is well, it's not cool. It's just it's mm-hmm. kind of actually weird. Morbid. But it's morbid. There's a serial killer who sold his wares in a restaurant while uh, murdering young men on the side. And as Matt alluded to earlier, uh, find out where President Harry Truman is reputed to have eaten. And it's probably, as he uh, said, a good chunk of places here in the book. Um, Matt, I'm going to I'm going to close with, with one thing. And this is not a diplomatic question for you to have to answer. But oh, well, good luck, sir. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite restaurant in the book? Oh, uh, you know what? A lot of people have been asking me that. And I have to be ready for it because my standard answer i love all of them they're all my favorite i don't want to offend anyone but between you and me uh, honestly my favorite and and i and I'm, it's not about the food for me it's about the experience and to me it is jay rieger i go back to that because they have that slide that you can go down they sure. have the electric park garden outside yeah. with like swings downstairs they have the hey hey club which is like a speakeasy with jazz right. playing uh you can see them distilling the gin and the vodka off to the side, they have like a museum. It's just such a cool place. I, I love going there. And so I always say that's my favorite restaurant, but honestly, and the food's really good too, don't get me wrong, yeah, but it, it is. it's all about that uh, sherry cask. 
whiskey. Come on now. Oh man, you know now you got about. me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm smelling this pork butt cooking, and then that for some reason that sweetness of that sherry cat. Anyway, okay, okay. Last thing, folks. Um, and uh, Matt, I know would not say it. I'll say it for him. Listen, if you want to make sure if you're going to buy these books, here there's two things. One you need to get them autographed. And I bet you, if you buy them, you could say, Matt, could you make this out to Barbara and John? Could you make sure. this out to whomever? Yep. You'll do that. Right. Yes. And he, the easy way to do that, unless you're going to go to one of these dozens, I don't know how you do this, brother. I just had, I've got two book signings this fall. That's it. You've got like <laughs> 25 or 30, but if you don't have a chance to meet him in person, he'll autograph it for you and personalize it. As he just said to taste. Um, but one thing is you also can help Matt out more as an author if you buy it through his website, if you're buying the paperback, okay? Um, uh, just not to put too fine a point on it, he's going to get a lot more royalty money out of that, a lot more bang for his buck for all the work he did if you do that instead of going to Amazon, okay? So if it's if it's all the same to you, um, I think you ought to go to mattstewartbooks.com to buy the book. That's just, just a thought. I know this. I have the same thing with mine. Um, people say they buy them on Amazon and that's nice. And you get your, you go up in the ranks and all that stuff, but I don't see near as much money from that. It's so true. In fact, that was kind of eye-opening to me, the, the walk on that my first book, yeah. I have it on Amazon. Whenever anyone buys it on Amazon hard copy, I literally make 12 cents off that book. Wow. And I'm just like, I, you know, Amazon's great. Don't get me wrong. It, you know, and ultimately, as you know, it's about people reading your work. It's not about, I didn't become an author to make money. I mean, right. we, we just want people to read our work. Right. Uh, but it's so true. You know, when you go to the website, when you buy it from the author, uh, we, you know, we get the royalties and that's, that helps pay the, the medical bills. <laughs> Let me just throw it out there. I yeah. mean, yeah. What, what am I using the money for right now? It's for my, my wife. And so, no, when people go to mattstewartbooks.com and buy it, um, it's definitely appreciated. And honestly, that's why I, I took $2 off on my website with the book that, you know, Amazon, it's 27 with me, it's 25. Yeah, you're paying shipping, but you're getting a bookmark and I'm signing it. So I'm trying to sweeten the deal, you know, whatever it takes to get people to buy it from me rather than from Amazon or the bookstore. Yeah, this book, it's a butcher paper bookmark, right? And people can yeah. mark off the places they go. Yep, that is very beautiful. cool. That is very cool. Um, Matt Stewart, I'm going to give you the last word um, on this, but I just wanted to thank you very much. I, I'm very much enjoying the book. And I'm, I mean what I'm saying. It's going in the, the glove compartment in my car. Awesome. And I've been to 47 of these, so I've got about 30-something more to go. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. But uh, here, I'll just turn it over. You can just speak to the speak to the throngs of people. Well, Alex, thank you for the opportunity. I mean, all I will say in closing is that uh, Kansas City is a, an amazing town. I love this place. Uh, I don't ever want to leave. Uh, yeah, born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska, but Kansas City is truly home. The people here are better than any I've ever met anywhere else. They are kinder. I've seen that through my wife's diagnosis, the way that everyone has reached out with prayers and with comfort. It's just a wonderful community. And so thank you for turning me on. Uh, that sounds weird, but <laughs> turning channel four on every morning <laughs> to Which watch I us do. in Which the morning show. We appreciate it. <laughs> and thank you for, for reading my works and, and for, for buying local. I, you know, if I have anything else to say, it's that. It's support local, support your neighbors, whether they're writing a book or opening up a restaurant, uh, support local and continue to keep the money here in the community. Thanks, Alex. Hey, listeners, just want to take a minute to let you know the folks at Crowd Ultra have named Mysterious Goings On in their top five literature podcasts of the year. They put out a contest or a submission process for 75 plus award categories across the podcast spectrum. The best of all things with the crowd and 
mysterious goings on has made the top five in literature. I am very excited about this, very uh, gratified, and I just want to thank all the listeners who helped make this possible. Again, Crowd Ultra is part free, all in one event and audience interaction app, part ticketing platform, and part social network. And it features over 100 categories among segments. They provide value to including events, podcasting event, talent, and event planning. It's a tool. I don't use the tool, just so you know, but I'm looking into it. The important thing, though, is to let you know that, uh, again, Mysterious Goings On is in the top five. They'll let us know who the actual number one is uh, soon, I think, in the new year. But I just had to stop the, the action for a minute to tell you about it. And sincerely, thank you for all your support of the show. Have you lost your belief in finding a really good mystery thriller? Well, trust me, you've got to have faith. Pilot's faith. Kirkus Review says of the book that Greenwood pulls many tricks from his writer's satchel, has a quirkiness and energy, and snappy, snarky dialogue that keeps things moving briskly. A well-handled mystery with the appropriate twist at the end. Midwest Book Review says newcomers to Pilot will find no barriers to quick immersion in his personality and situation, while prior series readers immediately become involved in another conundrum which tests his skills and the ways in which others view him in his world. Surviving a recent attempt on his life, a weary John Pilot returns to Cross Township, where a bizarre string of shootings has paralyzed the tiny college burg. Pilot joins forces with the law to find out why people are being terrorized in his name and stop it. Unfortunately, when he turns to his family for support, he finds only hardened hearts. People are dying, accusing fingers are being pointed his way, and he has nowhere left to turn. Everything John Pilot believes in, family, sanity, and even himself, are shaken to the core in Pilot's faith. Online Book Club says, It's a gripping and fun story that kept me hooked. Greenwood's writing style is dynamic, and the book reads like a movie script. You can get John Pilot's series number eight, Pilot's Faith, exclusively in paperback and ebook on Amazon.com. And remember, in the end, it all comes down to faith. Pilot's Faith. A Caroline Street Press book by J. Alexander Greenwood. Thanks for joining us on Mysterious Goings On. Be sure to follow Mysterious Goings On wherever you get your podcast and never miss an episode. Don't forget, you can get the links to books and other things mentioned on the show at mgopod.com. Until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.